Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Out and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? It's Loud and Local, the Stay Home Sessions podcast. We're up to uh, 30-something. And right now I'm actually talking with, uh, I'm talking with John Mielo. Is that right? Mielo? Mielo? Mielo. Mielo. John Mielo from yeah. a band called Dead Bars. Uh, you've probably heard I'm a regular played regularly on Loud and Local. Um, they actually have a live album coming out live at White Eagle Hall in New Jersey coming out very shortly here, September 8th. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking a bit about that, but, uh, first off, um, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? You're in Seattle here. Uh, I'm assuming, right? What, what area of Seattle do you live in? Yeah. Um, first off, uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, and thanks for promoting, uh, dead bars and stuff on yeah. your show. Um, yeah, I live in, um, uh, like the Queen Anne Belltown area. So kind of, kind of close to, close to downtown, but uh but not quite how have uh how have the last few months been for you man uh what what's your uh what's your like day gig have you been able to maintain work are you workless right now uh what have the last few months been like for you man it's been it's been a pretty weird uh couple months um yeah so i work in a museum uh for my day job yeah. and i've been there for for several years and um you know we're not allowed to uh to open um to the public yet uh i think they're easing some restrictions so that might be changing soon but yeah. um you know luckily i have uh, been doing you know work uh, off site um while this has been going on um which has been really good so i've you know i guess been been okay during this but it's it's been it's been rough uh, on on everybody, but you know we're we're doing the best we can. How how have you been uh, staying sane and staying safe? What, what have you been filling your time with aside from you know work? Uh, what what t- stuff to keep you sane? Uh, you know, man, um, I've been going for walks. I like uh, it's like the first time in my adult life that I've like kind of had like this. Kind of free time to uh, me too to you know get up and uh, kind of you know make breakfast and kind of ease into the day and uh, kind of take a break and uh, you know go enjoy it. especially the summer the spring and summer has been really good weather but yeah just you know walk around um, to be honest like we we haven't really been um, getting together as a band you know we're just trying to be as safe as possible but mm-hmm. that's where kind of this uh, 
the idea for this live album came about where we could, um, you know, I was like, man, well, we're not going to be able to play a live show for a while. Um, so it would be, you know, really cool to, to, to have something that we can show the fans and also like get that kind of like live show experience, like direct to, uh, to your stereo. So I honestly just kind of, once, once I knew that we were going to be kind of locked in for a while, I started uh, working towards figuring out a way to, um, to put that out. So was it, uh, I mean, the, so the album, obviously you, you recorded it live at White Eagle Hall in New Jersey. Uh, and, and I want to get into like the experience of that show because the lineup sounds amazing. Um, but did you have the idea to, to, to record this for the album or did it just happen to be recorded anyways? Um, so I know we did not have the idea to, to record this for the, for any purpose. Um, we got asked to, um, go out to New Jersey last year and open for a band called the Bouncing Souls, who are one of my favorite bands. And so that was a real honor. It was yeah. their anniversary. Love the and, Bouncing um, Souls. Yeah. And it was great. It was really, it was a really amazing experience. They were, you know, everybody was super cool. And, um, long story short, you know, we played the show and then we put out our, 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 our album regulars last mm-hmm. year. We started touring a lot last year and, um, kind of, uh, the last bit of touring we did for the regulars album was actually this year in February. We were in New York. Um, we were back on the East Coast this this February. Okay. And um, we, I saw the um, the engineers, um, the, uh, the the sound guy, essentially from our from our Jersey show. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the show with from the from the White Eagle Hall show, he was at our. He was just happened to be at our um, at our New York show. Okay, and I was like, I was like, hey man, do you remember me? And he was like, yeah, was like, absolutely. Um, he's like, as a matter of fact, I have your your whole show, you know, on my hard drive at home. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's, I'd like to hear that. You know, that would be a good thing to to check out. And that was in February. You know, we we got back to Seattle, and like, not even a week later all this stuff went down with coronavirus Mm -hmm. and I think that this guy, the engineer, um, also was kind of, you know, some of his stuff got canceled and I think that he was like, Hey, I have some time to to pull up some stuff. And he just happened to send me, he's like, Hey, remember we were talking about this? And he sent me the, he sent me the record. And I, I couldn't believe that we, first of all, I couldn't believe it sounded good i couldn't believe that we <laughs> played well yeah you know and i was like man like this is this actually is awesome and i asked him you know like if he could just do a little you know i mean just do a mix really i was mm-hmm. like can you just do a little mix for this and and he did and and that's really it i mean we did not plan on it at all i feel really lucky that the timing worked out and um and i feel really um you know kind of I guess lucky is the word, but that we didn't, you know, it wasn't like we didn't like hire anybody to record the show. I mean, like people that do live albums, <laughs> you know, I feel like they plan it and like, you know, you got to get the right, the right sounds and totally. it's a lot of, a lot of setup, but you know, everything was, everything was kind of set up uh, to, for that show to be recorded without us having anything to do with it. So yeah, I'm really happy about that, but yeah, it was totally random. I saw that. I saw the guy in, in New York, this this year yeah and then when we when we found out we weren't going to be playing for a while we're like let's just release a live album 
That's so dope, man. And the album, I mean, just looking at it, you played with Strike Anywhere. I love Strike Anywhere and also the Explosion, a killer band. Like, this is kind of a who's who of like the melodic punk world being a part of that bouncing souls 30th anniversary kickoff party and that weekend must have been pretty pretty huge for someone you know growing up in jersey and also like probably a big fan of the band what was that like uh being a part of that yeah um it was it was an amazing experience um they i had been kind of talking to them for or talking to their their people, cool. you know, their, uh, their, their manager and stuff for a while trying to set something up, um, just because, you know, I told them that, I, you know, I was a fan, but also they were aware of what we were doing and stuff. Yeah. And, and they know about, they knew about our, our first record and everything. And I was trying to set up something with them on the West coast. You know, I was mm-hmm. trying to see if we could play with them. <laughs> Obviously I was like, can we just play with you here in, in Seattle where we, where we live? Yeah. Um, but long story short, um, I don't know exactly how it happened, but, um, we got an email just randomly one day that in like, I think it was January of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were like, Hey, do you want to come out to Jersey and, uh, and open for this 30th anniversary show? you know, here's the details, um, you know, let me know. And it was like in March, you know, so it's kind of short notice, like, you know, cause we obviously we weren't going to do a tour. Yeah. We were, it was just going to, we we're going to fly out there and just, and just do the one, the one show. Um, but yeah, we made, we made it work and, uh, they were super gracious, you know, like they made sure that we didn't, we didn't have to bring any equipment or anything. And like we showed up and they were, they were the, the band plus their, their manage, their management was, was you know like here's all your stuff and uh you know this is what you can use these amps here the drums and like you know we kind of had our all our own um our own like uh backstage area and and the band was super cool they came out and hung out and talked with us and we're you know really appreciated that that we're that we're there and um yeah we just got you know it was a sold out show it was like their hometown so cool in a, yeah, it was like a, it wasn't like a huge, huge room for them. I mean, huge room for us. I think it oh, was yeah. like maybe like a eight hundred or a thousand people, uh, and we were opening, so like the room wasn't the room wasn't full when, when we when we played. But like, I just remember like we finished our set, you know, and we were looking. I was like looking back, you know, kind of like towards the back or behind the drum set. And, you know, Pete, the guitar player, and uh, and Brian were just, like, standing there, just, like, clapping. You know, that was cool, because, like, they, you know, I mean, like, they didn't have to watch us. and Definitely yeah. didn't have to watch us from the stage or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, and, and, I've, and you know, I've kept in touch a little bit. Like, I went to see them here in the uh, in Seattle, and, you know, they're just, yeah, like you said, like, being from Jersey, they're one of my favorite bands. I have so much respect for what they've done, and, I mean, 30 years you know, being, they, they were basically started in high school. You yeah. know, I mean, like, that's so cool. Like, to start a band when you're teenagers with your friends and, and you can do it, whatever, 30 years later. So it was just, a, yeah, it was a fun experience. And the fact that we got, a, you know, we were able to kind of get something out of it for us was great. But also, I feel like for the Dead Bars fans, um, I think they appreciate the story and also they you know, it just, it sounds really good. Like I'm, I can't express how much um, I enjoy like listening to it, you know, and we didn't, we didn't really do any edits, you know, it, it is mixed, but like, it's not yeah. like we redid any vocals. We didn't redo any guitar parts. So 
That's you know, so rad. It, it was it was awesome. Well, let's go into a song from it, and I think it's fitting that the song is actually called Dream Gig. Um, I think it's kind of fitting that, you know, we're, we're playing a song from the Bouncing Souls 30th reunion, or 30th anniversary, sorry, not reunion, rather. Uh, they're still together. Uh, their anniversary kickoff party uh, show that you did, and it's called Dream Gig. So uh, let's go into it, man. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit more after this. And uh, this is a song from the Dead Bars live at White Eagle Hall. You can uh, pre-order the LP, uh, get the digital album September 8th, and uh, we'll be right back. It's Loud and Local. Yeah. 
That's Dream Gig live at the White Eagle Hall in New Jersey, Jersey City. Uh, the band is from Seattle, but they traveled all the way out there, 3,000 miles to open Strike Anywhere for Explosion as part of the Bouncing Souls 30th anniversary. And fittingly, uh, the song's called Dream Gig. Uh, so, you know what's interesting? When I saw the title of the, the album, uh, Live at White Eagle Hall, I was trying to think, like, why do I know that name? And uh, it's because I watch a lot of pro wrestling, a lot of independent pro wrestling, and there's, that's a prominent venue in the East Coast. They, I've seen a lot of uh, very f***ed up death matches at the White Eagle Hall. Yeah, it's funny. My friend uh, from work actually said the same thing because <laughs> he, uh, he was really into, like, Defy, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. all that wrestling stuff that's out here. And so I know a little bit about it, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with with the fest in Gainesville, but totally, um, yeah. They, they have wrestling. their they have like a wrestling um, they have a wrestling kind of division that they that yeah. they do too. So so this guy from work he follows all that, and he was just like, oh man, dude, you're playing at White Eagle Hall. He's like, I, I've seen so many wrestling matches over there. So I have no idea about it, but that's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Right. Um, it was great. I mean, that it was a it was a huge space for us for sure. And it was, you know, like gigantic ceilings, like it had a mezzanine and everything. So that was like the first, uh, first time we played a room like that. And, um, yeah, it was super fun, man. Like, um, I'd love to do it again. You know, I think it's funny that you mentioned you're like, it's a huge gig for us and a small gig for bouncing souls. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, like they, like uh, to, to put it into perspective, um, of how like popular they are, at least, um, at this stage in the game, um, like last year, um, I went to visit my parents who who live in in Jersey, yeah. and um, I went. I was able to go see. They do the Soul, the Bouncing Souls do a, a show like Stoked for Summer, which is like a festival thing that they uh-huh. do. It's like their own kind of festival, and they were headlining. And uh, you know, I, I went to the show there, and uh, you know, they had four thousand people there. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. you know, it, honestly, it could have been it could have been more, um, yeah. but. Uh, so they, you know, to do like a smaller show of like whatever a, a hall, uh, basically a big club show for them. I think um, in their hometown is was uh, they wanted it to be more intimate, special. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool. Right on, man. So uh, I, I wanted to mention. Um, so the band is called Dead Bars. You have a song called "We're uh, I'm a Regular." Uh, I'm sensing kind of a theme here about bars. So I was curious if you could shout out what are what are your like go to like home bars like you know where everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, as far as like stuff that uh, that the Dead Bars fans would know, um, I shout out a couple like local. Uh, spots in in Seattle that that I frequent uh, or the band kind of is associated with. So that would be like the Streamline Tavern and uh, Lower Queen Anne. Okay. They, they've been awesome. We've actually um, 
who are on the jukebox there actually. That's great. So you go to the streamline, play play the dead bars on the jukebox, and uh, the bartenders will be singing along for sure. And uh, I like you know a bunch of the like. Obviously, I've got to shout out the shout out the Kraken in um, in yeah. the district. Mm-hmm. We played there a bunch. That's awesome punk bar. But uh, down down or in Belltown, you know, second in Bells, obviously like shorties and um neon boots and um screwdriver bar we really like um and the victory lounge obviously so those are the those are kind of the local spots that you can see um uh, well not not right now obviously yeah. but uh, in in pre-covid times you might see myself or somebody associated with the band in, in one of those in one of those spots and really what it is is that, you know, we're like, you know, a really social band and we're also a really social um, kind of group of people. And that sounds kind of maybe people don't really get that, but it, like the whole idea of like being at bars and, and like drinking and, and it's, it's really about like having fun and yeah. uh, celebrating stuff with your friends. And, you know, there's definitely elements of like, you know, there can be some some lonely uh you know kind of experiences in that world too but uh most of the time it's kind of like to celebrate stuff with your friends and and get together and have a good time and that's what we try to do with the band yeah um celebrate life so yeah hell yeah so uh i'm curious about even if it's embarrassing i want to know what was your first foray into music what was your first cd or tape or you know piece of music that you actually purchased on your own dude this is easy, and I'm not even trying to be, you know, have punk rock points or anything like yeah, that. But yeah. the first tape that I ever, I was a cassette tape, and the first cassette tape I ever bought was a Green Day Dookie. Okay, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and then the second tape that I bought uh, was Cypress Hill Black Sunday. Oh, well, I. Uh, for real like i mean i had some tapes from like my parents and from my you know cousins and uncles and stuff like that and uh and those were like around and and that definitely was you know kind of in my life but i remember i heard basket case by uh, green day and that was like i have to get this um i have to get this i don't know how to get it you know i was so young i mean i was like probably eight years old Mm i'm you know so that's, that shows my age there, but, uh, um, yeah, so I, you know, dragged my mom to the store and, and, and I got the, the Dookie cassette tape. And obviously I listened to a lot of different music growing up and you kind of find your place, but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, like that, that type of music shaped everything else, my whole taste, you know, like. The, all of everything that I like about guitars and like vocals and recording styles like comes from like listening to that tape. So it's kind of amazing. Hell yeah, man. That's, uh, uh that's also a classic. Uh, my, one of my first concerts I ever saw was green day at the Auburn drive-in movie theater. And, uh, it was also the first time I ever saw boobs in real life. So, um, that, that was two huge experiences for, wait, no, two, two huge experiences. That's sounds weird. I gotta, 
who was uh who was uh open like who was on that like who would have played uh or uh, on that tour it was just green day right um it was warning their warning album um and okay. it was okay. uh live it was uh mtv filmed it and it was just green day okay. and uh that's pretty awesome yeah, I actually have the VHS of it, so you can watch it on YouTube. It's like live without warning uh, in Auburn, Washington um, at a drive-in movie theater. It was free. They were just handing out tickets to anyone who showed up. It's pretty nuts. Wow. That is cool. I like I like that album, Warning. I know some people don't like it, but I think it's pretty cool. Um. So... You grew up over in the East Coast, a New Jersey guy. What what um, drew you to Seattle, and uh, what what uh, yeah, what drew you over to uh, the Northwest? Basically, what happened, I think, was I I was in school. Uh, I was in college at the time, and uh, in like whatever two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I, I just graduated and. You know, there was the economic crisis. Ah, uh, yes. And things were like weird. Uh, you know, there just didn't seem like there was that much stuff going on where I, where I was. I like, you know, I was finally out of school. I kind of do whatever I wanted, and uh, you know, I played in bands on the East Coast and stuff. And my band was kind of falling apart, and I was getting out of school. And I caught, kind of stopped seeing this girl that I was seeing, and yeah. I was like my friend really wanted to move like like really bad and was basically like, yeah, he's like, I want to kind of do something different. And, uh, we had one friend that lived out here and, uh, my whole thing was like, I, the only place I want to, I would, I would consider going was like a place, a music kind of city, you know, that like yeah. you could like work a job and, and play in a band. And like, that's all that I really cared about. I didn't really care about, I didn't really care about my girlfriend. I was really just interested in not, stopping playing music but I, I didn't really have a i guess like you know i would like to have toured but that was never really like you know i i, I was more focused on like a place i could go get a job and also be in a band so yeah you know i mean i kind of picked five cities i was like okay well there's la there's new york there's chicago there's uh seattle you know i was like i was thinking of like music cities, you know we picked here because um, we had a friend that lived here, and we kind of were, were jammed, jammed with him and stuff. And you know, I feel like everybody in Seattle kind of has that story if they're not from here, which is like, how'd you, you know, how'd you end up coming here? It's like you just kind of visit, and then you end up staying. You know, like I mean, that's <laughs> how it was for me. I, I came here just like to, just to kind of hang out and you know maybe stay for a year or something. You know, I've been here for over ten years, so. You know, I, my whole adult life, really. I mean, I'm definitely, uh, you know, from here now. And uh, so you're a Seattle band, guy now. Obviously. I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I still I really, there's things that I really like about the East Coast, um, but there's, I mean, Seattle's such a beautiful city. The weather, I, I really like the weather here too. Yeah, um, and I really think that do you think that the music scene is is awesome. And, uh, you know, it is a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, it's like any other place, but I, I do think we have a good scene here. So that's oh. kind of the story. It's, uh, it's not nothing, nothing like crazy, uh, happened. I just, we, you know, it was very kind of random to be honest. But now that you've been here, you know, 10 plus years, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm safe to ask you this question. Um, what are, what are a few of your favorite Northwest bands of all time? 
Ooh, of all time. Um, hmm. Well, obviously, like, the reason I picked Seattle when I was like, oh, Seattle's a music city, you know, was because of, like, you know, what happened with, like, the grunge stuff in the 90s. Of course, yeah. I didn't know, like, that much um, of the kind of underground stuff, but obviously, like, uh, you know, like Nirvana and uh, Mudhoney and more of the punk bands and stuff. But then as I was as I was growing up, then there would be bands like the Blood Brothers, you know, and um, Murder City Devils. And, yeah. And, and bands that, like, I was like, oh, they're from Seattle? You know, because, like, either, I don't know, like, where I was from, it was just, like, it was very much branded as, like, you know, like a grunge-like place, right? right and then right. you find out that all these kind of... Yeah, then you find like, out, like, oh, Death Cab for Beauty. Uh, they don't sound uh, like Soundgarden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, then you start realizing that, like, oh, it's just, like, how it is here, where there might be one genre that gets popular, but there's all sorts of other stuff going on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, to be honest, it's really hard to, it's really hard to pick uh, a couple. But, like, those are the bands that, like, kind of made me realize that Seattle had, like, more stuff going on. And then when I moved here, I kind of uh, kind of met a lot of friends that were into more of like the indie kind of rock and like more of like the metal scene. So like I didn't even really know about like the punk scene here for for a couple of years when I moved. I, cause like the first friends I kind of uh, like was hanging out with were more into like you know the garage stuff and like kind of more like metal which is yeah. not what i was into but i was just like hey these, these people you know they're going to show us so i'll just go cool and, people yeah you know so that's that's you know and then i kind of i kind of got into more punk stuff um kind of when, when i when i started this band and um and uh you know i was going to the fun house and seeing like local bands but uh other than the, the fun house uh, i didn't really know where things were were going on uh in town because i was pretty new i mean i was only here for a couple years um Someone should have pointed you to the Kraken. You know, uh, I knew I knew about the Kraken, and like I'm friends with everybody uh, there. I mean, when I went up, when when I was uh, back then, it was the Galway. Oh Galway yes. Arms. And one of my one of my other bands uh, did play there, but for some reason, I don't know. I just didn't. I don't know why I didn't didn't really uh, go there as much. Like I said, like all my friends were were in, like I was going to like uh, shows like like hipster like weird shows on Capitol Hill yeah. I felt out of place at but but um but it was fun I mean and, and then obviously like you know I feel like we helped uh you know like all these all these kind of places started closing you know like the Funhouse closed and, and a couple other spots that like the two bit I don't know if you remember the two bit oh yeah those places R. were R. like, like they were, I would go there all the time to those, those spots and um you know everything was closing except for Except for the Kraken, really, and then um, and then uh, our drummer at the time, uh, CJ, was booking shows at like a bunch of smaller places, uh, Victory Lounge, Mars Bar, yeah, um, kind of all over uh, Seattle. And I feel like that whole thing started right around the time that Dead Bars started. So like, I feel like we were able to kind of um, find new spots to play, and then maybe even like you know, not created a scene, but like helped preserve you know, the scene a little bit. Bridging the gap. People kinda. need to play people people yeah, people needed places to play after especially after like the fun house and the two bit uh and the comet, geez. Um I mean mm-hmm. all those places closed um within I don't know, 
six months, a year right. of each other, you know? So. Yeah. Well, hope we don't see more of that. I have a feeling there's going to be, uh, I don't know. Anyways, we can talk about that for days. I think, uh, uh unfortunately yeah, there's, a- I think it'll be, I think it'll be okay. Honestly, I think, uh, I think everybody wants to see all these clubs succeed. So. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, let's hope. Hope. Exactly. Uh, so anyways, I'm speaking with, uh, I'm speaking with John Maiello, got it, uh, from Dead Bars. Uh, there have a new LP, uh, live at White Eagle Hall. You can pre-order it now. It's coming out September 8th and, uh, you can get the digital album. You can get the vinyl, uh, LP up for pre-order. We're going to play another song from it. This is a live recording, uh, coming up from, what is it? Uh, March 16th, 2019 in New Jersey. It's I'm a regular here on Loud and Local.
was I'm a Regular Live from White Eagle Hall, New Jersey, part of the Bouncing Souls 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary. I almost said uh, reunion again. I don't know. I'm spacing. Anyways, Bouncing Souls, uh, better than ever. They've done 30 years as a band, and uh, the band I'm talking with right now, Dead Bars, got to be a part of that whole thing, and they commemorate it with Live at White Eagle Hall LP. You can pre-order it now. It's coming out September 8th. Uh, so very, very short time uh, until you can get that record. So I suggest pre-ordering it. Uh, what's the label that's uh, releasing that record? Yeah, so that's kind of a fun story, too. My friend, um, basically, uh, who is also from Jersey, it's a lot of Jersey stuff, but uh, basically yeah. uh, he lives in California now. Long story short, we used to be in a band together uh, back 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 there and uh you know we're still friends he's, he's one of my oldest uh best friends and uh i had sent him um i just sent him the the recording that we got and um essentially <laughs> uh he kind of uh suggested that we you know that i should release it <laughs> and i was like that would be cool you know <laughs> but yeah like, releasing records you know it costs money <laughs> right so uh basically essentially uh he proposed that we kind of start me and him start the um like a vinyl, uh, like kind of a vinyl uh, short run kind of fun label um, to do to do Dead Bars stuff now and in the future, but also like you know if um, if we had any other projects, maybe we can uh, maybe we can like release stuff through through this. And so basically, there's like an excuse to kind of create a vehicle for us to uh, to do stuff in the future. So the, he lives in uh, down in in uh, Southern California. So the label is called Surf Ridge Record. Cool. Um, it's kind of a uh, a uh, uh, a shout out to um, an area in in Southern California where he where he lives near there. So um, so yeah, check out Surf Ridge Records. Um, there's a website, and um, also uh, you can you know get the. You can you can get the vinyl through deadbars.com too. But yeah, so the label is me and my friend essentially doing it together. That's awesome. So uh, I just got a couple more questions for you, and uh, I'm I'm curious if we were to feed you beer at your your bar of choice, and this is all socially distanced, I guess, or whatever. Anyway, so we feed you a bunch of beers, and you got to do a karaoke song. You have to one song. What karaoke song are you choosing? All right, I will choose uh, probably uh, probably Weezer. Say it ain't so. Okay, that's Dude. always that's a fu- that's always a fun one. Gets emotional. Do. Yeah, exactly. You hit I that. like that one. Everyone know everyone everyone knows it. They're gonna sing along. Oh, absolutely, man! All right, so this is a personal one for you. If you got a story for it, I'd love to hear it. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar, John. Wow. Um, let's see here, scar. Um, man. Oh, I guess uh, I um, <laughs> I have a scar on my nose actually. Um, okay. From falling off of uh, like the, st- the stage one time. Actually. Oh no. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, <laughs> we played this show. Um, 
in at uh, I'm not going to say the place, but uh, essentially uh, I made a stupid decision to like jump out into a crowd that that was kind of a very small crowd, <laughs> and um, essentially like got you know kind of I'm you know I'm. I was like 30 years old and, uh, you know, 200 pounds. <laughs> and I, I kind of like jumped onto this, this group of my friends and, uh, I, I got dropped <laughs> essentially after, after a little bit. So oh my I essentially kind of broke, I broke my nose and, uh, there's a little mark, uh, here. And, uh, <laughs> that's probably the, probably the most like rock and roll scar I guess I have. And I like blacked, I totally blacked out, um, I'm kind of lucky that I didn't get more hurt because I was like, you know, you picture someone that's like whatever, five foot ten or something like that, and then like their arms up in the air, and then like, you know, holding up somebody, and then I, you know, I fell like straight down on my on my face, and, and I came, I remember I came up, and I like, I like kind of like went to, you know, spit out my teeth because I just assumed that like my I just assumed that I like lost all my teeth and then I I went and I spit out and I was like nothing happened and I was like oh man man I got lucky there and I kind of get up and I grab my mic and then there's this blood I just see blood uh. everywhere and right when I saw that I kind of like looked behind me and you know my whole band just like stopped and grabbed me and and uh, brought me backstage and then and then brought me in the hospital. Essentially, Jesus. It, was, it was pretty. It was pretty weird. I still have. I think the, the point of your question was I still have a mark on my nose from that. Wow. Let's get that recorded on. Let's get that show on uh, on LP. You know. Uh, you know. I think there's a video somewhere. Oh man. Of, of it happening. I don't know where where it is. If I do, I will send it to you. All right. Damn. Well, if you want to commemorate a show that went a little bit smoother than that, you can pick up the new uh, LP. It's uh, it's called Live at White Eagle Hall, uh, New Jersey show. Obviously, you know nobody's playing shows, but if you you know is sit back and pretend you're there, it's almost like the real thing. Yeah, man. I uh, <laughs> you know the whole point of this was you know to to basically bring you know it's like we're not going to be playing live shows for a while, but that's you know it's it's a good thing because we're all trying to be safe you know and responsible and and come back you know strong totally uh, after this is all over so the point is really to just like you know give everybody a show that you know can remind them of you know of of how awesome live shows are and totally like said like put a record on like yeah exactly like kick back like drink a beer and just you know put yourself into that space because every time i listen to this record like i feel you know so good about that evening but also like touring like you know i mean we're so lucky to be able to even you know to be able to travel and to play shows you know around the country and you know other countries too and um and yeah. we're just really lucky that we're able to do that so um you know it's really thanks to all the fans and fans and everybody that's kind of like supported us through and you know you guys and the radio and the media yeah everybody's been really cool and you know like we try to be you know we try to be cool to you guys too so 
I appreciate you. Hell yeah, man. And uh, I, I I appreciate the record. It's uh, Again, it's coming out uh, September 8th. You can pre-order it over on deadbars.com. Uh, and uh, yep. yeah, we're going to go into Face the Music. Uh, any final words for Seattle audience or anyone that's uh, listening right now? Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, deadbars.com has all the in- info for the uh, live album. There's an LP uh, vinyl record and a t-shirt um, bundle if you if you want to check that out. It'll be out digital um, everywhere September 8th. And, um, you know, we're on Spotify or uh, we're on, well, we're on that, but we're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, give us a Give us a shout out, or uh, send me, send us an email, or send us a, a message, and uh, just let us know where you're at. And we want to hear from you because we want to know where we should go when we can start playing shows again. So just you know, get in touch and keep in touch, so we can all hang out soon. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much again. Is John Maiello from the Dead Bars? Check out their new record. Come. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.